What's up, friends? Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Gene Dachin, and Gene started Northeast Wisconsin Artists Association, also known as NUA. Gene is heavily involved in the art scene and just overall community in the Fox Cities. Uh, we talked a lot about art and kind of how the scene can grow and change. And overall, I have a very optimistic view about how the art scene is growing in Northeast Wisconsin. And I hope you enjoy my conversation with Gene. Five, four, three. What's up, friends? What's up, friends? We're back. But why not? But why not? So Jean is here with the Northeast Wisconsin Arts Association, and she has been running this very cool project promoting the arts and really connecting them uh, to the people they need to be connected with is probably the best way to describe it, right? Yeah. So how long, how long has uh, NUA been going on? Well, almost two years, actually. This uh, July will be the two-year anniversary. can't believe it's been that long, but it was kind of an idea in my mind a bit before that. So I put my business plan together and decided to officially launch it then. And so now a couple years later, we're you know, going strong, actually kind of had an evolution with a new website that we launched recently. Uh, so we all represent artists and arts organizations throughout the Northeast Wisconsin region. Awesome. So the website was kind of uh, like a first milestone. Is that like a, a good way of describing it? Or where where is the, the website and kind of your business plan? Because um, And then please explain that because I think that's uh, one of the bigger pieces you're working with right now. Right. Uh, so just to kind of let everybody know what we do, mm-hmm. NUA is a social enterprise that connects, uplifts, and shines a spotlight on the entire creative community throughout our region, which is 18 counties throughout Northeast Wisconsin. And we represent artists ranging from visual artists, performers, musicians, photographers, filmmakers, actors, models, you name it, any kind of art form you can think of. Uh, And so it's a creative community, a lot of disciplines, like I said, and genres. And I was trying to find a way to provide a connective platform or hub for all of these people to find one another and for the community at large also to find these great creative talented people now they're kind of hidden sometimes creativity can be a very isolating kind of craft sometimes sometimes by necessity but uh, connections are really important to forge when you're talking about wanting the infrastructure and wanting the support from your community to thrive you know to have co-worker spaces to have uh, support for Uh, events and grants for work that you're trying to do, public art, things like that. Those things cost money and you need space to create and you need technology and tools for a lot of today's art as well. It can be expensive. Mm. So I'm trying to teach artists that, you know, that we're stronger in numbers. We come together, writers, performers, musicians, everyone. We can definitely have a stronger voice for for growing the creative economy, for um, uh, getting support for people paying for your work as a creative person all of those things Mm -hmm. so how do you see nua as uh as playing a role in that that process 
Well, we are, again, kind of like this connective hub or portal. So the website really is the key kind of virtual place that we all exist. Now, of course, we live in, and work and play all throughout this region. But uh, this way, it's easy to find one another. Anyone can use the website for free. We don't charge people like a subscription. Um, but the members do pay a membership fee. And this is to you know, give them the value of having a branded resource page so that you can kind of put your whole portfolio there with connections to your website, your social media channels, mm -hmm. uh, samples of your work, things like that. And they can change that out whenever they want. Uh, and it's really great for artists because what I have found, because I've worked with artists for many years, is that they really don't enjoy or want to um, spend a lot of time with the business side of things, the marketing sure. and promotion. <laughs> and I don't blame them. Like they want to create and that's a lot of work. And so mm -hmm. I'm trying to give them a place where by being part of the community, they get the benefit of what I'm due to market the the umbrella organization at large. Mm -hmm. So I'm out there advocating, I'm out there talking to people, networking, recommending them. I get asked for recommendations all the time. Uh, so I can be out there doing that while they can create simply just, you know, keep a simple presence with that page. And I try to teach them some tricks on how to do that. Awesome. So um, what kind of things have you seen since you've started Nua? Like how, um, are there are there any specific stories or anything um, just like, artists really just being very grateful or very um, having benefited from from the platform so far? Oh, that's a really good question. I was just thinking about that recently because we've made a lot of changes. We used to have a, actually a bricks and mortar. We were at Foxy's Gallery for a while and showed off a lot of our work there and such. Um, and I was saying, well, you know, people like that. They liked having a space, but how is the value there, right? So I was looking at that myself and, mm -hmm. and then I was looking back at some great testimonials and you know, there was an artist who was discovered for her first solo show because of Nua, um, which was a really cool opportunity. It was scouted on the website. Sweet. Was uh, that music or what? This was a photography artist, actually. Okay. Um, I've also had, you know, people that have never displayed art before publicly anywhere. You know, people that mm -hmm. had art in their basements, you know, hidden away like so many artists do. And, you know, just had the courage to say, is my work okay? Is it good enough? You know, like, it's fantastic like mm -hmm. <laughs> this needs to be shared so things like that shows um people that have created their first website you know we do help guide people with that kind of stuff and never marketed themselves learned how to do that mm -hmm. uh also have had people form collaborations uh this artist community has really grown because we've had this sort of the new family has kind of become a thing uh, where we rely on one another and we form friendships and we have, we have coffee clutches and <laughs> that kind of thing. And we can reach out and say, Hey, you know, I'm looking for, can I borrow your photography, this or that, or, you know, do you have any good painting classes? Or I'm looking for, um, some advice on how to get medical insurance. I'm an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you know, so there's a great support system of just sharing things and obviously getting work opportunities. I've done, uh, business workshops for artists as well. We had a friend of ours come in, Frank Juarez, who's amazing. He came in and taught artists how to uh, market, promote themselves. Cool. So we've truly tried to provide those services so they can be the best they can be yeah. and do the work they love. So a little bit of programming, it it's sounds not, like as Some well. programming. Yeah, yes. I, think, I think the collaboration piece is huge. That's awesome that you've already seen some feedback there. Uh, it seems like that's like that's how you start right it's just yeah. by knocking on doors and making it's it's all about relationships um and i think even a lot of local businesses you, you just see it you can even see it like on social media um a lot of businesses are turning to that to create events to do fun things we even talked about yeah. potentially doing something right um but like a good example is like the 600 block have you heard about any of that stuff are you talking about the 602 club? No, that no, no, no. Thing, so, or? so like, um, same with 
with uh, creatives getting together, whether it's um, maybe it's an artist and a musician like this art piece in the studio here. Right. Um, Andrew Linskins. Yeah. Awesome. From the Alley Project. <laughs> right. Um, shout out Brad. But like you see these collaborations really benefiting and it's, it's just a creative way to, to build this foundation for the arts or for the community in general. But the 600 block party is 600 block of downtown. Um, in June, they're putting together a block party. They're like, hey, um, like there's a parking issue on 600 block where people aren't coming here. Like, let's show them that we have all these awesome businesses. So the breweries kind of got together, McFleshman's and Appleton Beer Factory. Oh, I and love it. they decided great. to collaborate. So they got all their business friends or all the businesses together and half the businesses, um, the feedback was like, uh, you're the first person to come, you know, even just say, hey, and, and let's work together, you know? So, but I don't know. I just see that as being a, a great path forward. And a lot of people are choosing that just collaborations can be so simple, but so powerful. Yeah. You know? And sometimes it happens by necessity, you know, it's sort of the mother of invention, but mm -hmm. it's really true, you know, and, you know, funding for public projects and creative uh, endeavors, you know, any kind of arts organizations, it, it's really tough to get funding. So you have to really be creative. And that's why I chose to be a social enterprise, for example, I rebranded recently because, you know, there's grants out there, but it's all about programs. And sometimes those programs aren't really in your business plan and it takes your time away from doing you, what you want to do. So I felt that it was smarter and more strategic to really focus on the mission and vision uh, and not rely on that, but rather form those community partnerships. Mm -hmm. So you and I, Venture Wisconsin's a community partner with NUA. Yeah, and definitely. And I don't want to hire a huge staff because that's so cost prohibitive. And I'd rather say, you know, here's my ecosystem that I can pull from. Here's my network of people I know and respect and trust. We share similar values. We, we're passionate about the same things. And, you know, who, here's who I recommend. You know, you want to sell your art to a corporation and get an installed call you know, Kim at KPR Arts, call right. my friend Dan at North Now if you want to sell your art online, you know, call Evan if you want to, you know, talk about showing off something really cool happening in Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. Because if we, rather than looking at things from a competitive standpoint or working in these silos, which can happen, mm -hmm. um, it, we miss out on opportunities to collaborate and do better things. Yeah. You can, that's so cool. So what, <laughs> to me, what you just described is like, um, running a nonprofit from an entrepreneurial mindset, right? Yeah. So it's like rather than <laughs> rather than meeting quotas and like filling out grants and forms and and these things that whether it's the state or some other nonprofit or some board decided is are these like key performance indicators or whatever. You're yeah. like I'm just going to attack it at the ground level. I'm going to connect artists to people who want art. Um, you know whether it's a business or whoever that's. It's very entrepreneurial and it is it, and people are still learning about what a social enterprise is and how that differentiates from a nonprofit um, but again it's it's what is it's, a social enterprise well it's it's a company that is committed to doing social good and making the world a better place mm -hmm. but not relying on uh, public or private grants to achieve that goal and so the idea is that you become a self-sustaining business through your business plan uh, so for me, I've got several little funding buckets that I'm hoping to eventually monetize this venture. I haven't done mm -hmm. that yet. I'm close. Um, but, you know, through membership fees, through referral services, through, you know, helping uh, be a piece of uh, community events where I can get maybe some fees for my consulting and things like that. Mm -hmm. And of course, sponsorships. You know, once we get this off the ground where I want it to be, I want to approach businesses who care about growing the economy here and quality of life, attracting 
young talent and retaining talent is a critical mm-hmm. thing that CEOs want to see. So I want to reach out to those companies and businesses that care about that and say, this is why you need to support what we're doing because we're a key contributor to that quality of life. That's awesome. So uh, along that line of attracting talent, um, so a lot of people watching, if I, if I would get... I mean, your audience probably understands this, but the general audience at large probably doesn't know that uh, there's kind of this out-migration pattern in Wisconsin, especially Northeast, um, where a lot of people, especially my age, are moving away to big cities. um, And there's this great corporate backbone that supports all these amazing events, all the amazing stuff in the community here. Um, That's why you have things like um, paper fest, mile music, you know, all these different things right. that are able to happen is because of these great employers. Um, but the young people that need to fill these roles as people retire, as the, uh, as the, um, you know, the landscape of business changes, um, they're moving away. So to you, um, how does art play a role in keeping young people here and, you know, attracting talent to the area? Well, yeah, it's great that we could talk because I'm a Gen Xer, you're younger, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm a boomerang kid. You know, I grew up here in you know Oshkosh, and I went to college away, lived in Milwaukee, and I came back here to raise my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you hope that a lot of the youth will want to come back here and invest their talent and skills and mm-hmm. passion here. But, you know, they can get on Instagram and go, oh, my gosh, look, all, look at all the fun things they're doing in Atlanta or San Francisco or Austin or Nashville. Mm-hmm. And we want to say, listen, we got to create that kind of cool stuff here because people will go somewhere else. And so these Definitely. are the creative people that are creating these fun things like Bizarre After Dark or Definitely. like you said, Mall of Music. These are mm-hmm. things we have happening here, but they need to be sustained and attended and supported to keep them here. And mm-hmm. these young creative people, these artists who are, whether they're writers or filmmakers, uh, what have you, you know, they're also ones sometimes that are opening up the shops and the boutiques and the cool coffee places and the coworker spaces and things like that. So you want those people here and you, people that don't think they're creative or that they don't benefit. Well, they're really wrong because, you know, if you have a blighted community where everyone flees because there's nothing cool to do, nothing fun going on, it's dead, it's not vibrant. That's going to be like a blighted city, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all of a sudden your downtown start to crumble and people wonder why there's no more live music or there's, you know, the performing arts centers will close down and things like that because they need support. Yeah. They need money. They need people to get excited about it. I actually think this area is on an upswing. So it feels that way at least, um, in the direction of supporting those type of things. Uh, in many of the communities, I would say in Northeast Wisconsin, obviously not all and, and some never will. and, And that's okay. That's, that's how it goes. But, um, I've seen a lot of great things out of green Bay, Appleton, Oshkosh, Um, and another kind of case that I always hear made, um, for why people should come here is really like the affordability and, you know, there's so many, there's so many obvious reasons. So you, you were saying we need to build those things. I think in a lot of cases, a lot of them are already here, you know what I mean? But I don't know, maybe through collaboration and stuff, we can make those, you know, those things more exciting and stuff like that. Yeah. And the seeds are here and, you know, a lot of times things will like get off the ground and then they mm-hmm. kind of fizzle or fade, right? Because mm-hmm. you're all excited and then maybe at the end of the day you're like, oh, that was really fun, but I really broke even or lost a little money doing that. And it was mm-hmm. like a labor of love, which is great, but it's not sustainable, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, these, you know, efforts. How do, how do you think we could solve, or like to you, how do you think we need, how can we solve 
that problem, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think part of it is, you know, especially creatives that tend to like dive into these projects, myself included, uh, it's so easy to get, you know, led by your passion. And I think we have to be smart about recognizing our value and asking and expecting that we get paid for our work. And when we're coming up with, with something that's a fun project or something that we think might have some long, longevity, we need to put that business plan together and we need to talk to people in the community beyond just the artist community, not just invite our friends to come and attend, but really think bigger about the whole community. Reach out to people of different demographics, age, gender, you know, all the different things that make us a diverse community. Get everybody involved and connected in some way. Because even if you're, let's just say, a young millennial, you might want to just hang out with your friends who are on Instagram, but you're going to be miss, missing out on connecting with potential donors and funders and patrons mm-hmm. of the who have more money to of spend. Of your dream, really. They who can help mentor you mm-hmm. and support you, and you want to engage those people too because I find that happens, right, all these, these cool art events, but they literally are like, oh, I lost money or I can't do it again next year. And But you have to kind of pace yourself, bring the right people to the table, you know, introduce what you're doing to those that would have a vested interest in you know, economic development, the bigger picture of things. So you have mm-hmm. to kind of think with a more of a business mindset, I think. Practicality. And you have a business plan and a you know, pull together a committee. Again, don't just be in such a silo and think competitively. Think about community over mm-hmm. uh, comp- competition and have that collaborative mindset. I think that really goes a long way. You know, and reach out for advice. If you're young, especially, like, it's okay to say, I don't know everything. There's free mentoring opportunities here you know, through SCORE and other places, um, or talk to somebody, you know, who you might respect and we mm-hmm. get on LinkedIn or something and ask a friend, who can I talk to? Because you'll find a lot of people have so much knowledge they can share that can help you and Definitely. help you be sustainable and get the business side of things. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, practicality. And I think that's a great message is just like, don't be afraid to reach out. That is really true. The yeah. Like the more connections I've been making through Venture Wisconsin, the easier it becomes to like, whenever I get like, you know, sometimes you start to get stressed or you start, you know, the pressure starts to build. And then what I found is occasionally you're a phone call away from someone who, I don't know, wants to help you. You know what I mean? Whether it's score, whether it's someone you've worked with, whether it's a parent, whether it's an uncle or, you know, a mentor. Exactly. It could be a teacher from high school, but that's that's a good insight for sure. You know, and I think like having a platform like Nua too like it's certainly the creative community but it i do encourage people to use it as a network you know forum as well because there's a lot of different um types of artists and creatives that are there from you know emerging artists to really seasoned professional artists young people to older people and i really think it's a lot of value happens when you get people together from different walks and stages of life you know it's kind of like the, the virtual teepee environment right where all this wisdom and you know these people that have been where you have been are there to say i want to see you succeed i want to help you and you don't have to have all the answers. Um, we none of us do, mm-hmm. and we could. Yeah. And the larger our community of support is, the better. Uh, so I think, like you said, just don't don't feel like you have to know everything. Be okay with asking for help and reach mm-hmm. out and and wear your passion on your sleeve. Definitely. People like to see that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> they do. I, I really hope uh, Nua continues to be that and really grows into just that thriving community. I think parallels between what you're doing and what we're doing which is why i'm glad we're able to meet and you know work together is uh build i feel like both of what we're doing is building a foundation you know what i mean it's like you need infrastructure to support like anything it's like how how is hollywood the only spot for 60 years that there's film it's like there's infrastructure there's 
business assets and relationships in place to, you know. Yeah, and so, venture capital. I mean, yeah. yep. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, you know, you've got the whole rise of the rest movement, right? So what people thought all the funding was going, and it is, you know, a lot of it's the East Coast and the West Coast, Silic- mm-hmm. Silicon Valley and the heartland of America, rural America. There's so much talent. Mm-hmm. There's so much innovation and creativity. And these are just as capable of individuals for coming up with that next big invention or that next big business concept, but it's the venture capital that they're lacking. Mm -hmm. And so we have to create these vibrant communities where the talent will be here, we'll draw the capital inward because it's not going to help our entire country if all the wealth is distributed only on the coasts. So we have to kind of toot our horns a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. we're not, the Midwesterners aren't very good at that. Quite (laughs) frankly, we're also modest and humble. We have to be a little bit better at saying, hey, look at us, look at what we're doing and celebrate it because quite frankly yes everyone's got their social media and everyone's hitting these little pockets but if people don't know you're there they don't know you exist they don't know what you're doing that isn't helping you and nor is it helping your fellow creative community or the community at large absolutely yeah one of the first brand docs i made for venture wisconsin was um basically trying to help the midwest brag about or help wisconsin brag about themselves hallelujah yes you get it (laughs) for sure right um so gene Tell me kind of like what, what draws you to the arts? I know you're an artist. Um, when did that kind of start? Well, you? I actually, since I was young, when I was asked what I wanted to be when I grew up, I always said an artist, but mm. I ended up getting kind of more into the whole writing sen- side of things. So marketing, public relations is where I ended up going to try to find lucrative work. I <laughs> uh, did certainly did a lot of creative things growing up, piano and ballet and music and all of that singing. And were your parents creative? How did that? Uh, well, they all exposed me to the arts all the time. Absolutely. I was very fortunate. I was taken to all kinds of symphonies and productions and opera and you know, my dad always had headphones on, oh, like, you know, the big ones that are, the kids are all buying now. He had the really cool, big original ones. And he would always put them on my head and listen to this, you know, That's it cool. could be Harry Nilsson or Shirley Bassey, or it could be a, a musical. You just never knew. And okay. blast it through the house. And so especially music was really big and they loved art too. They traveled and we had beautiful art from all over the world. And uh, so I was really lucky that way. And I did study abroad in college and I was in Europe and I traveled in some, tons of art destinations and galleries and museums and just fell in love with it. But like I said, I got kind of back into the corporate thing uh, Mm -hmm. where it got really just empty for me. It was creatively uninspiring. I'm not a cubicle kind of person. I figured that out pretty quick. I like to vary what I see and do. And I, I, to be creative, I need to be outside of the box, you know? And so I got into writing some more poetry kind of midlife, which was really, an awakening thing for me to get back to my creative roots again mm-hmm. and working with model music was great we talked about that i did that for a couple of years and just getting more connected with the music scene felt what? so elemental for me like it was so healing and like really awesome yeah how did you get involved in that how like because you were involved at the beginning how did that kind of oh yeah happen? well i actually had started this nonprofit um a while back called project starfish which was like a granting program for disadvantaged kids throughout the fox cities k-12 through public schools and Part of me doing that was wanting to make sure that kids that couldn't afford to would still have every opportunity everyone else had to like, you know, go out for like the, you know, try out for the play or go to an arts camp or foreign language camp or sports, what any kind of co-curricular. And so I knew Dave Willems and he knew I was working on that. And he said, well, we're gonna have this really cool charitable component to the mile. And I I think he might've known I had a fine arts background in college. Um, So he knew I was passionate about that and was really interested in helping kids. And so we just started talking and it kind of organically happened from there. And so, yeah, I was one of the kind of the first milers and 
started the artist recruitment team and we helped scout bands and we pulled together sponsors, found, you know, hotel rooms, kind of did all, everything from very, very mm-hmm. grassroots for people. Yeah. Thought, what are you guys doing? You're crazy. How can this get off the ground in just a few months? And so I was really fortunate I could do that for a while. And it kind of just, it really stirred my creativity, which was always dormant. Um, and then after that, I, you know, I needed to earn some income. And so I, I just left the corporate world and started writing a column for C newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it was called Artful Living. And so I wrote all about things going on in the art scene and interviewed musicians and artists, did some reviews actually, which was kind of fun. <laughs> a little scary because <laughs> I had to be honest. Yeah. But I had great material, <laughs> fortunately. Um, and I did a music series through, um, through them where I booked original music and promoted a local uh, brewery. So <laughs> that was kind of fun. Yeah. It's, it, um, if it, it's clear to me that you're kind of... Uh, you're kind of this organizer, you know, it seems like you always find your way into the more like practical, um, let's make this happen role within oh, creative. I'm definitely, uh, like let's make this happen kind of person. I know that I'm necessarily practical, definitely passionate. Um, I'm one of those people that if I have an idea, I just run with it. Like, mm-hmm. and I make it happen. Like I've just, I'm focused, I'm determined, I'm very passionate. Um, but I think the practical yeah. side is you understand all the pieces that have to come together to make it work or make it sus- mm. at least sustainable. I mean, you can have it work and like lose money and, yeah. you know, but I don't well, know. Thanks for saying that. You yeah, know, that's the practical piece. There are times that I, I, I don't see that, but you know, maybe that's just that wisdom from living life a little bit. You know, if I was like 20 something, I probably wouldn't have the perspective to kind of see the big picture, mm-hmm. but I do because I'm at that midlife phase, you know, that wisdom is kind of my friend now. <laughs> um, that's important. But it's also good to sort of keep that youthful sort of, um, that, that ability to dream and not have everything so perfect or secure. Cause mm-hmm. if I think if I had every, everything had to be in a spreadsheet or so perfectly, Mm-hmm. laid out i don't know that i would have the courage to just fly and just take some risks so i definitely have kind of like this innate entrepreneurial spirit which i didn't really identify in myself until that became like a buzzword but it's right. always kind of i've always been kind of self-starter yeah i'm just high high energy like do you have a creative process so you were saying leave yourself the space to dream so yeah that's kind of uh that's kind of something that i know a lot of high level creatives find important whether you know it's stand-up comedy or, or music um, you got to keep that creativity fresh. Do you, yeah. do you do like walks or do you do like, do you have any process that kind of stirs that? I do. Um, and I'm actually very extroverted, but like a lot of creatives, when I do my writing, especially poetry, that's for me a very quiet, private kind of practice. And so when I, I do take daily walks with my dog, usually, uh, I'd never bring a phone or what kind of dog. He's a beagle hound mix. He's, okay. a, he's a chunky little <laughs> sniffing dog. That's all okay. he does is sniff. He's really slow, which I kind of hate because I'm a really fast walker. Okay. But he comes with me and he's my buddy. And so I've always, yeah, I've had a dogs for years. But so I walk in nature as much as possible. And um, again, without interruption, without headphones on as much as I love music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a really great backyard with a creek running in the back and a teepee back there. And I just have spaces where I can go to just be quiet. Um, and that's why I do my best writing. And typically when <laughs> it's like melancholy weather, I tend to <laughs> have my better writing happen. I don't know why. Sure. That's it, okay. Maybe that's like yeah. the side of you that doesn't get expressed in your everyday because you're a very positive person. Yes. That could be. I do have not a dark side, but a very introspective and all. Yeah. Right. I, I can go to that side and I do. And it's, I 
sometimes people say that's you got to go there more that's where your best writing is and <laughs> that's hard to go there though it can be right. painful it can be because it's very deep and it's definitely um but I that's it's very healing that. yeah we all do yeah i think a lot of people i mean i'm just like speaking off the top of my head so i could be wrong but i think a lot of people maybe enter that realm through like junk food and tv <laughs> and you know what i mean where they're kind yeah. of like surface level it's like there yeah. it's right in front of them but they're like ignoring it or pacifying it so i think i think exploring it in like a productive or uh structural way like poetry or something i think it's probably pretty healthy so well, music is so healing and so good for us i mean it's just it can be fun and entertaining and all those things but mm -hmm. it's it, there's a lot of uh, studies now too like with the therapeutic benefits of art and they're even prescribing it now doctors in uh the uk are actually prescribing art you know experiences visits to museums and things mm -hmm. like that as in, in lieu of medication or in addition to actual prescription That's medicine it's really fascinating i've been sharing a, lo a lot of articles about that kind of stuff on my linkedin and my facebook pages and i'm really yeah i'm thrilled to see people understanding the value of that and dementia alzheimer's mm -hmm. you know people will remember music long before you know, yeah. They lose their memory for other things. So there's so much value. The Alzheimer's stuff is really interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know enough to speak yeah. on it. I'm almost curious with the prescription stuff because I know a lot with like um, addiction and dependence on, on things like on drugs and there's like the whole heroin epidemic and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, horrible. Um, a, lot of that, a lot of that comes down to like, have you ever heard of the, uh, it's like the, that rat experiment where they, they gave the rat sugar uh, or no, it was like cocaine. They had the option to do cocaine or not. Mm -hmm. When the when the rats were in an engaging environment, basically in nature, yeah, they almost never chose to do the cocaine because it's like they were connected to the environment. They're connected to each other, and when they were in a boring lab setting, that's when they chose the cocaine. So I almost wonder if mm -hmm. like the prescription of art is almost like a way to connect you to people in a way. You know what I mean? Because um, it's almost meditative. Yeah. 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 Something about, I mean, it probably comes down to just like how social humans really are. If I had to, All right. to guess why. Well, I'm really glad you brought up the nature piece because, mm -hmm. and I think art too, it's so primal, right? It's a, it's a language. It's a form of expression. Mm -hmm you know, that's just innate to us all, really. And we've been expressing ourselves through artistic forms forever. Um, and it tells a story of who we are after we're gone, right? It really mm -hmm. does. But, you know, I think today's culture, we're suffering a lot of ways, especially the younger generations. Uh, social media has become kind of an addiction in, in a bad way. And, and uh, people welcome aren't... To the, welcome to the Facebook Live show. Well, no, yeah, well, kidding. no, but no, I do that. No, I'm no, I on social saying. media forever, too, and I have to... Sure. I get sucked into the, uh, like, I'm getting... I'm there needs too to be long. balance. But getting out in nature is so important, and it's... I think we forget that, you know, that's where we're from, right? That's where we can be connected and take mm -hmm. in a like a forest bath, you know, is a thing and it should be, yeah. but you know, not everybody, right, has access and you don't always have the time to drive to a, you know, a, a state park while they're still here, knock on wood, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> I guess, but you know, honestly, just to find a simple grassy spot somewhere and just, you know, it's can be so healing, you know, just to, to, to unplug, to get away. And, but like you said, kids are, are just depressed and they're not engaging with um, other people their own age they're not dating they don't even want to drive sometimes they they're just sitting in their houses looking at other people's lives on instagram and it's just terribly awful for your state of mind and people are they're more depressed more anxious mm -hmm. you know withdrawn lonely 
Well, yeah. it's just, it's an epidemic. And I really do Definitely. feel that the arts and nature and all of those deeper connection yeah. points are just so important for our health. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good excuse to bring, if you need an excuse. I think um, a lot of creative people don't because they're drawn to it. But if you need an excuse, it is great. I mean, let's go. It's, I mean, why is wine, wine and paint such a big thing? Why, you know what I mean? It's, right. it was, a, you know, for a, a couple of years there, it was huge. Yeah, um, we have these little fads that come up, but uh, sometimes yeah. it's a way to just introduce people to something without them feeling intimidated. So, you know, the wine, kind of like relax yourself and right. not take it too seriously. And then all of a sudden, like, hey, I kind of like this. I, I forgot I used to do this when I was a kid. And then, like, right. it's, that's interesting. Yeah. Because um, when you say you need to be relaxed, it's almost like, uh, it's because people are so hard on themselves, I think. Right. Like we're all so self-critical, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, like, I, even myself, like, I played the piano for many years. I'm like, I want to get back. I want to learn a new instrument, like the ukulele, you know? That can't be too hard. So I bought one. I was like, okay, I want to take one of those classes at Hyde where they teach the ukulele, like, in a group where you can drink beer. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I'm such a chicken. Like, yeah. <laughs> why is it so hard right. to just do it, you know? it's But people go on YouTube now, right? They, right. I lot of friends actually that are doing that and just getting over their fear and just have you ever done live art um in front of a crowd i have i have i have actually read poetry love but again also being a chicken mm-hmm. i went a couple drinks to, <laughs> yeah yeah well because you know i approach it's really personal and yeah, deep definitely. um so i actually a few years ago um challenged myself to read some poetry aloud a friend urged me to do that and so i went up to door county which is part of the new up community by the way and went to Sturgeon Bay and if anyone's heard of the Holiday Music Hotel Mm -hmm. Music Motel they're amazing Um, Jackson Brown is part of the forming this uh, with um, Jackson Brown like like the musician Brown Band no like Jackson Brown well look it up no no look him up he's pretty famous (laughs) isn't there (laughs) a Jackson uh, Brown Band well no is that a different one you might be thinking of a different one but anyway I'm gonna look it up yeah so anyway but Pat uh, McDonald and Melanie Jane and they're lovely people that work in this artist community. They're musicians primarily, but they have a writer's night. And so they did a Thursday night thing where people could share. So was it like a little slam poetry? No, not necessarily. People could show (laughs) up and you could read poetry. You could actually do a little music. Mm -hmm. You could do some spoken word. You could read like a uh, section of a play, whatever you wanted to do. Really, mm-hmm. anything was game and they did it in their music studio there and then it was like a traveling thing we went to a bookstore and they had some readings there and there's a guy like really cool like did like poetry like kind of Jim Morrison-esque you know that kind of segued into music and it was like super awesome and, mm-hmm. and then we went to another coffee shop and it was like this nomadic little group of writers <laughs> and I was like I don't really know anyone except for Pat and Melanie Jane and I just kind of hung around there but it just mm-hmm. was really good for my confidence to go I, you know I can do this you know, and I definitely started writing a lot more since then. And I actually have a manuscript together now and I've submitted some work to some places kind of quietly recently, but that wasn't something I felt like had the confidence to do a while back. So that's awesome. The public art thing is cool. And I, I love seeing painters do that. Mm-hmm. I love seeing I, most of the art shows I've done. I, I really try to have live engaging art experiences happening in front of people. It's just really pulls people in and brings all the senses alive. Definitely. Yeah. Music and comedy are the two that that draw my my mind the most but that's just i mean those are also like probably the two most mainstream if i had to say like i definitely like watching that painting yeah. be done live was amazing isn't it great um yeah absolutely 
That's actually, now that I say that, it's an interesting thing. I think comedy is like, in a way, underserved around here. Like, I don't, I, does that, do you ever get in touch with comedy? Does that ever like uh, cross your path? You know, I, I mean, I love comedy. I love, you know, when there's, there's a live show like David Sedaris was coming to the air. I love him. His writing is so mm. fantastic. Um, but I do know some friends who are in comedy, like, you know, there's a friend of mine, his name is Craig Knitt. He's actually a new member. He works at the Boys and Girls Club in Green Bay, running this amazing wow. program called the Youth Arts Initiative, which got this nationwide grant for just a few spots throughout the country. And they're teaching kids music and creating sets and mm -hmm. writing and art, any kind of art you could think of. They're learning all this stuff and they have all these tools that were purchased through this grant. And so he does comic books with kids and he's mm -hmm. an actor, he's in film, but he also is a comedian. You know, he does he does all kinds of stuff. So we do have people here yeah. that do that. Um, and we do have some big names that will come through. Um, mm -hmm. Cause fortunately again, we've got performing arts centers. We have the Widener, we have the Fox yeah. City's performing arts center. We have the comedy club here in Appleton. So Scotland, we yeah. have venues, but you're right. You're not seeing a ton of that here. Mainstream yeah. really. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't leave the, uh, it doesn't leave the, the venues for sure. But then the other thing is um, there's not like this vibrant community, but, but again, that takes a few talented people getting together and like making that something that's interesting. I'm going to shout out Skyline. They do an open mic Skyline. I'm just going to um, ask about the open mic thing. We need more of those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think Oshkosh does one too. I don't know what day it is. It might be the same day, Yeah. but Skyline does a Wednesday night one and they get people from Madison, Appleton. Um, it's really cool. I'm glad you told me about that. See, these are yeah. things I like to know because, like, I, these are things again. If you have a network, you share those with people because yeah, sometimes they these things happen organically, and the word isn't really marketed too well. There isn't yeah. like one big calendar, unfortunately, for art events, which is an issue <laughs> where some of us are addressing or trying to. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't it be cool if even these open mics were just sort of um, maybe the genres were open to anything, not just comedy, but mm -hmm. for Skyline things. I don't know. Right. So I think that's how most people approach it. Like coffee yeah. shops, open mic night, right. bring your guitar, yeah. bring a joke, bring, you know, yeah. um, I think it is cool to have a few venues doing a purely comedic thing. Uh, maybe thing. so. They've never yeah. their own, their day in the sun too much. So it's a, it's an for area sure. that could do some growth and some visibility. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Um, if that's something that can take off. I don't know. I'm re really interested. I want to try the open mic I'll soon. I'll help you. Let's talk yeah, about that. Definitely. Um, yeah. I've kind of talked to a few of the people there. I think uh, I think something that, I don't know if it's a Fox Cities thing, a Wisconsin thing, a Midwest thing, but with that self-critical aspect, um, a lot of people, like comedy is like, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's art and vulnerable in the same way that art is, but it's also very like, it's very ragtag. Like it's just different. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. the ethos behind it is a little different. You like know, how they talk about themselves is very like. I think kind of like the whole zeitgeist we're feeling right now. This might be the perfect platform for actually comedy to really have another like resurgence or something. I mean, you just think of what's going on politically, culturally. Oh, for like sure. Like a lot of the the darkness. I mean, look at Charlie Chaplin, for example. You know, a lot of these great comedians or the Marx Brothers. You know, they had undertones of. True. You know, stuff that they were trying to address that was going on in their society through comedy. That's um, very true. And most, the, think of the great comedic geniuses that we know of. So many of them were struggling with dark demons, depression, and mm -hmm. some of them have been suicidal. And we hear these stories all the time, but, you know, we all need to laugh, you know, and it is something that actually connects us all, right? We all laugh Definitely. at things. And But oftentimes these comedians, you know, it comes from trauma and mm -hmm. a lot of family dysfunction and 
mental illness. <laughs> Craziness. Cause, yeah, chaos. Because happy sunshines and, and rainbows aren't really that funny typically, <laughs> right. right? I don't I would, know. <laughs> I would say, I mean, like I said, not locally, but right now, like nationally, internationally, like comedy, I don't know if it's net because Netflix kind of put comedy on or huh, or what it is, but comedy is like huge, right? I, I think. Yeah, people and, watch it, like you say, at the, right. the comfort of their own homes typically, for right. sure. Yeah, that's that's a uh, a good point that like the political thing would draw that out of of the culture. You know what I mean? Of yeah. the comedy culture. And it's a way to kind of decompress, I think, and kind of just tune out your day. And but you know, the whole live experience is look like with anything. There's something oh, about love, being in a crowd, oh just like being at a, a concert with music. When you're with other people and you have the energy of the crowd, mm-hmm. and you and you also have that person in that room with you who's sharing that vulnerability. Like you said, there's something like palatable about that. Like palpable yeah it's like yeah and so I, it's really great to get people out doing that getting out of their homes and just being a community setting which we're seeing more of actually i was reading mm-hmm. something about that because because we are so technology based we are really craving interaction and so you know people are finding ways just because we're it's part of our instinct to do that and so i think things like this are ripe for like say drawing new crowds definitely preventing it i think we're at the pinnacle like we're i think we're at the best time of all time now. And I think a lot of things, I, I, like I just had a meeting in Green Bay with an organization that um, puts things together in Green Bay. And he said, like the, the leader of that place was just like, things are clicking right now more than ever before. Like we have a great team and, and things are happening in the community. Um, I love your optimism. Yeah, thank it's you. so great to hear that. What, like, what do you think, what do you think makes um, our area different? I mean, I have my opinions, and I, I want to hear yours first, though. Like, what do you think makes Northeast Wisconsin set up to take advantage, uh, specifically in the arts area? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I came back here for a reason, despite the cold weather, because people are really just beautiful here. Obviously, we have a gorgeous environment, the, the lakes and rivers and the trees and the seasons and all of that, but such a great quality of life for so many reasons, but it really comes down to the people. You know, we, we have this kind of small-town um value with where we live but the big some of the big city flavor that's so close you know like the fox cities is like a little metropolis but yet i you know everything's 15 minutes right mm-hmm. you know and you don't have to worry necessarily too much about safety and those kinds of issues that we might in a bigger city and things are more approachable i think and if you have a cool idea i found like you can make things happen because people will help you like if you have a idea that's that's got some sense behind it and your passion is there and they they see that it'll help the community. People will back you up. You know, people are giving and you can make things happen. You know, mm-hmm. we take it for granted sometimes, but it's just like a simpler way of living. Um, so I think it's, you know, taking people that want to invest their talents in here that keep it so strong, you know, you want all those grandkids and nephews and nieces, you know, that can come back to that community that were raised here. It can really make or break a community. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, that's awesome that you said that because it's it's right on right along the lines of what I've been hearing um, through a lot of these conversations on the show, um, and this this is part of what makes me wish uh, like hopefully there's some teachers out there or something that can like show this to to young people because like high school students need to be getting this message the most I would say because and it's funny because the first person that turned me on to this idea that literally the idea you just spoke which was. Um, basically that you can make things happen here. Like the opportunity, like the upside and the opportunity is, is like, I don't know. It's just crazy big. 
Um, but he was just yeah. like, Corey, generous here. yeah, exactly. So, and there's no infrastructure currently like the infrastructure, like there is, the, and there's the not bell her- the bell curve is kind of here. Right. So it's mm-hmm. the opportunity is really ripe right now. Right. You know, like for early adopter. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So it's um, an entrepreneurial, like beautiful landscape. You yeah. Know? So yeah. like Corey's approaching it from the refuge. He's literally bringing artists here yeah. because there's like a hunger for this art scene you know, from the business end and the general public end. And uh, and they came away from the hustle and bustle of the bigger cities. And it's like more expensive, too, to live there. And you can have a better quality of life and still do, like, this beautiful production. For sure. Right. I think, like, my, like, Corey described it as the Wild West. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like. It's a great analogy. <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, Silicon Valley was Wild West until everyone went there to get their businesses funded and now right. it's now it's not now there's barriers to entry it's like yeah so you got to go where the opportunity is it's like the barriers to entry are so i mean they're there but it's so open you know like people well there's saturated markets and the cost of living is cost low of living is really prohibitive and right and you know you get further away from nature you get further away from the simple things and it's kind of a rat race right and you can be a mm-hmm. like a bigger fish in a smaller pond of people that you know and trust you know and, and know you and it, it's it's more authentic definitely what what about um what about all this art scene whether it's a specific art a specific movement what about all of this excites you the most for this area the art growth well like i you know like we talked about just the fact that i'm seeing the momentum like you have and i'm so glad we we both feel it and just the whole bell curve kind of just really crescendoing and i love when i see young people coming back here or that young people that were like in Milwaukee or Chicago saying, I'm coming back to the Fox cities because I've heard that people want me there and they're welcoming and they want me to be there creating. And my art is something they want to be, you know, part of that community. And when I hear that, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's exactly what you just can't pay to have happen. Like that's Mm -hmm. what it's just like music to my ears to hear that. And it's like, and then I, from my perspective, I'm at the age where I can mentor and help. I want to just embrace all of these young people and say, what can I do to help you, to help you stay here, to know that you're supported? Who can I link you up with? Who can I connect you with? They can help you because we want you to stay. Like we do love you. We want what you're bringing here because it's so valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, when you hear that, like through young people, I know it's, it's exciting. Ugh, it's so exciting. Yeah. Definitely. Cause I, I can see myself, I may be retiring here and mm-hmm. maybe just going on a few trips when it's cold in the winter, but mm-hmm. this, I see this as being my home base for you know knocking as long as i'm around and you know i I think there's other people that feel the same way but we don't want to be here if if no young people want to be here because that's all the vitality goes away then right yeah yeah exactly um i think uh i lost my train of thought actually i think the things that make that happen the things that uh attract basically those things are built into the fabric like the re- people don't just like people don't just decide I'm going to move back to some place based on a you know based on some inauthentic marketing campaign or something it's got to be like it's yeah. got to be in the fabric especially for these people that grew up here like they know you know they know that there's something about the community right and when you're from here there, there's something about Wisconsinites for sure. for sure yeah I think we all know each other we, we find each other have you ever noticed like you're traveling yeah. Or, yeah. you know, or you live somewhere, sure. like the Wisconsin people just sort of like Packer games or something, but they just create these little collectives. Like they're just craving 
someone who gets who they are, you know, right. who understands them. And, you know, and you For see sure. young people too that are like, they're getting their grad, graduate degrees or internships and they're just like, oh, I'm so lonely in this big city. Yeah, it's really fun. But I just, I'm so homesick, you yeah. know, because I just want to be around fellow, fellow Scanies, you know. And Yeah, I think yeah. that is like the classic, like Packer Bar yeah pat there i don't know overseas like yeah. literally ireland i'm like there's a there was a packer bar i'm like you can't escape they're everywhere right it's <laughs> it's crazy the, yeah it's it's it's, it's impact yeah it's a great thing absolutely um okay so let's see what we have here something i i wanted to talk about is uh i don't know if people see things this way but i could see how they could see art development as like a frivolous endeavor almost like yeah um <laughs> good question yeah so it's almost like <laughs> why are we investing all this money in say like an expensive mural or like an expense like a fountain or like improving a park um because I, I come from that very conservative which that's built in the fabric too it is. the pragmatic that's the tough side of <laughs> for sure but that's yeah that's good too it's, it's important yeah but i think um if you could speak on like where is the misunderstanding of the value that the arts bring? If you could kind of explain to someone who has that mindset of why are we spending this money when we don't need to, like where does the value of art trickle down and act like actually end up creating real monetary value down down the line? That is the big question. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's tough because when you're like myself trying to justify funding and, you know, you're thinking about trying to write grants like I was in the past, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone wants everything to be in metrics, you know, show me the ROI, right? And that's difficult to do sometimes with the arts because it isn't, again, just fun or frivolous. It can be entertaining, of course, but it's so much deeper. Again, it's it's a way of communicating at a very deep and profound level. Uh, You know, we don't all communicate the same way. Mm-hmm. And the arts allow us to express ourselves in different ways. Uh, so there's that, which is just sort of a, a right of being human, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, art is life is kind of what we say. Uh, and that's truth. But deeper than that, when, you, when you're trying to actually literally sell it to people, I think we can talk about, like we said, you know, what are the CEO uh, or business leaders top you know, priorities? It, again, really is drawing talent to this area people who are going to invest in our economy and work here, right? Mm-hmm. Bring money in, keep the, every, our communities vital, keep the infrastructure, you know, um, sustained, you know. So we have money coming into our government coffers so we can pay for new roads and new buildings and schools and parks and all those things we sometimes take for granted. So you have to have people here. You have businesses that want to build here too. So if you're Definitely. trying to, you know, businesses will do, a, you know, request for proposal to say, you know, maybe wanting to build or locate a new um, mm-hmm. you know, site here, they're going to be looking at, you know, who's living here? Are there, is there a good talent base, a pool of, of professionals that we can draw from to work for our, our corporation? And what kind of things are there for people to do here? That's huge. They look at that stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And so you want to have, again, theater and music and, and public art is like that visual kind of uh, um, announcement that your community values the arts. And it's available to everyone. It's democratic. It's not an admission fee to see it or experience it or participate in it. And so mm-hmm. you're really making a statement of how public art uh, connects people to one another. Definitely. You know, so we see more murals now here, which is such a sign of vibrancy and hope. You know, and I've been pe- having people reach out to me all the time for referrals for murals. And that's partly why I knew I wanted to have a drop-down menu where people could check that genre and I could easily scout for muralists myself or others. 
things like that, um, because it's a hot thing right now. Um, people that are starting to book live artists, you know, painters and things for their events. I'm trying to work more with event production companies because they're starting to see like that engages people at a deeper level too. Um, so it has value, like I said, and, and if you want, if these artists and creative people have affordable housing, they also want to be able to walk to the downtowns and the community spaces where they might have those co-worker environment environments or the libraries. They don't want to drive from you know the suburbs, so you want to have affordable housing that, that they can afford the restaurants and all that, so they can live here, stay here, maybe open a coffee shop on the side, maybe open a restaurant. You know, I consider culinary people to be at Gardas as well, quite frankly, and there's a lot of connection there. So yeah, those are the people that make our communities vibrant and uh, quality of life. I think if you literally substitute the word vibrant with the word health, it's like yeah. a sign of vibrancy, a sign yeah. of health. It's kind of like, and like, obviously I think nature expresses like almost the same metaphors in every, everywhere. So like human life, the things we create are going to emulate the things that nature created. You know what I mean? So the same way that like a flower if it's not healthy, it's gonna wilt and lose its color. Right. The same. The same is goes for like a healthy art scene. Art is just like a sign of health, whether it's community, whether it's economic. Sometimes it's sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other. Um, I think in this area, the case is both. And I think a lot of what big cities are missing is the community part. I think they have the economic part. I actually think it'll be really interesting to watch how that plays out in this in this internet age where um yeah. the money the money can move faster now you know what i mean so yeah. but the community can't you know and the other thing you touched on too in the, the you know the internet of things you know in artificial intelligence is a huge topic right now mm -hmm. and creativity you know it's a buzzword all over you know in the business uh, um, um, channels and such and certainly we see that technology is you know the big thing and you talk about stem and luckily now they're saying steam with the addition of art mm -hmm. i think i always have to remind people of that but uh it's steam really people. important okay. because you know with again innovation being the key to future growth for our entire nation uh that comes with creative and divergent thinking and so there are companies now there that, that are specifically hiring people uh uh, not just people that have those technical degrees, but rather have the humanities degrees and the arts backgrounds because of the way their brains think, because they can add this uh, uh, sense of um, innovation innovation through just the way they think and process. And if you have teams together or you've got different mindsets coming together, a lot of really cool things can happen. And so while it may look really frightening when you see that, you know, even though the arts and culture, I think, is a ten, almost a $10 billion industry in Wisconsin mm -hmm. alone. Wow. <laughs> but people aren't hiring like people with fine arts degrees, per se, like a, you know, a master's in fine arts. Mm. But they're hiring more technical jobs and health and fitness and other things. Mm. But the good news is for longevity, you can't recreate human creativity with technology and AI. You know, that's really something you need a human being there. So yes, we see artists, um, you, you see machines creating art creating music they can certainly do algorithms they there's interesting science behind that um or even modern music what's good music what's bad music it could be mathematically transcribed however you want that authentic human creativity to come through you need real life people warm bodies interesting <laughs> so that's what's reassuring what's interesting <laughs> about that is like i guess the idea of like ai is you're creating a human that's all rational so it's like compute you take all the best things that we value in humanity which is 
stem minus the arts, right? Yeah. So it's like the numbers and it's the computations and it's the structure and the architecture. Like, so when you take AI, you're taking that piece and you're removing the, the emotion, the things that slow that right. down, the th but that's the art and that's what makes humanity right. beautiful. You know what I mean? And that's where those big ideas come from that, you, right, that you can't sure. it's, capture on a spreadsheet or in metrics yeah. or with a, with a robot. For sure. What's <laughs> fascinating is there's this documentary, it's called I Am. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's by the director of Bruce Almighty um and uh ace ventura and he had like this uh near-death experience basically and he's like i want to leave he's like the money like left an empty feeling and he's like i want to do something that impacted the world and so he went and like showed all these different things on like um how you know e um ecosystems and humans and like how everything's connected basically mm -hmm. and uh the interesting thing one of the interesting studies from that video that they ha or documentary it's on netflix i'm pretty sure uh, definitely on YouTube, um, was that when computer when computers are randomly generating numbers because you can just program a computer to randomly generate numbers. It doesn't. <laughs> that's what computers do, you know. Um, whenever it was in the presence of love, like literally, like people hugging. Um, yeah, I don't know how they recreated that, but I think it's like people hugging, like showing affection, stuff like that. The numbers would they wouldn't be random anymore. They started to fall into a pattern. So I wonder if like, I wonder if that's the reason that like humans, because as you were saying that like um, AI can't create art, humans have to. My first thought was- Well, they can create art. Right. But, but they can't, they don't have that creativity that's innately human. It's a fine differential there. Right. So does that come through in just like abstraction or like, so that was my first question is like, um, what does that mean? Like, could we get to a point where AI does produce art? So then, but yeah, I guess my point is though, is that, uh, well, they put maybe they can't. I mean, they can, but it's, there's, there's questionable debate on, you know, is it good art? Is it, you know, how, does it speak to it, humans? It seems pretty right. And that's the, that's the, that's the metric that we're trying to measure is like, yeah, does it invoke, does, does it, it truly resonate? Does it heal someone with depression? Does it tap into someone's right. emotional, being to like to be healing like we talked about well, earlier i think like for me personally and a lot of artists will probably agree you know it's the storytelling that is intrinsic to art and that's why it's such a beautiful gift to see someone create it live in front of you that you can engage mm -hmm. or to have them share that with you which is kind of cool like youtube can capture that for example or someone's process but when you can hear the story behind that art or experience it or somehow resonate with it um, even if it's just viewing a piece of art, like a visual, you know, and trying to imagine maybe or how that might speak to you. Um, but having the, the layers of, of that story that, that was mm -hmm. some usually some kind of vulnerability that was there, Absolutely. some voice that needed to be, um, you know, I think shared an emotion. You, the emotion is sort of lacking and there's a flatness, I think, that can kind of come out. And even the music, it's actually kind of funny. They just did this funny experiment with AI where they created like a country music song. It was absolutely really? ridiculous. It was so funny. Like it was like they used all these cliches and sure. things, you know, and these doors were like I flying. See it. it was hilarious. Um, but you know, it, it, obviously the technology will get better. We'll get better songs, and we'll get. But sure. it's already kind of happening right now. Music is produced sort of in a very sort of sad, generic kind of pre-orchestrated way, and and mm. people are marketing visually versus talent, and it's it's a tough market and. A lot of it's because of technology. You know, we've lost sort of that mm -hmm. grassroots authenticity, but people are craving it though. I was just going to say authenticity. I, th I think you're right. People know they sense it's lacking and I think that's why they want those original shows and 
you know, makes a difference. Definitely. I think once going back to optimism, I really think, um, no matter how it's done, I actually talked to Nia last week about this because she had said something about parents giving their kids tablets to like, um, pacify them basically. I really think that it's going to go the other direction, whether it's like, because there's like boot camps in like China and stuff to like, it's like, social media addiction oh, yeah. rehab. To deprogram. Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised. I think that yeah. stuff like that will like enter the nonprofit sphere and like I, what, whether it's just people like you and me that can recognize it and like step away yeah. um, or whether it's those camps, I really think um, we're going to see like kind of the trance we were in for all this time. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to leave the phone um, no, you're right. Technology is with us, but we can right. certainly create better patterns and habits for ourselves and how to live a more meaningful life. And more balanced. And more balanced and healthy. Exactly. But like you said, when you start to see, you know, physicians prescribing art, art experiences yeah. in nature, you know, forest baths and things, that's a response to a hurting, you know, dysfunctional kind of sick society that's just not connecting as it needs to with the fellow humans in nature. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think art can definitely be a, a catalyst for that um, and just getting people away from that stuff so they can be quiet and that meditative kind of quality, mindfulness, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's really powerful. And I think, you know, as parents, you know, read, you know, look at your kids, what are they, you know, there's plenty of uh, free opportunities. Again, public art, you walk down downtown Appleton, there's murals, get, you know, get your phone and take pictures of that or, mm-hmm. or just go to the park and, you know, there's all kinds of things happening in city park, you know, However you can experience it, whatever speaks to you, just do it. Be a part of it as much as you can. I, something, uh, I'm very passionate. I'm very passionate about a lot of things, I guess. I can Um, tell. (laughs) (laughs) So like I said, like, uh, art wise, I like it all, but music and comedy draw me the most, but I'm also very passionate about the outdoors and, uh, what you just said ties like, um, amazingly. And like, so last week was earth week. And, uh, yep. we did a litter pickup event in Hackerot, like 35 people showed up to pick up litter around the park. And just like, I, you could tell some people do this kind of stuff all the time. And like, I was helping promote other Hackerot events and that's awesome. But you could tell some people that was their first thing. And like, that's just so cool to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's funny. People are actually turning these sort of like neat, like pick up things into like, into art installations like there's this big thing of picking up plastic and junk and this big fish thing and and they actually literally yeah made an art piece but it made a statement Mm -hmm. it was actually you know something that drew a lot of people and created conversation definitely that's the other thing you start having conversation and that art can actually provoke that's pretty powerful yeah i think it's awesome to provoke conversation whether it's online or in person obviously in person's um it's ideal yeah it's ideal but uh it comes down to attention because like when you can bring attention to it, that's when the conversation happens, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Tyler Hilfrich actually shout out to our mutual friend. Yes. He, he's doing that in a way. If you've ever seen his garbage art, he oh, did, yeah. he I did like it. a, he did a, <laughs> he <laughs> right. took, took plastic bags yeah. and, um, uh, toilet paper rolls yep. and what, I don't know where, if he picked it up on the side of the road, I, I hope he, I hope it like, Came I'm guessing he didn't ground. buy the garbage. Well, okay. I don't. It could have been. It could have been his. But I mean, whatever. If it's right. his, it's going to the landfill anyway. So it's right. It's yeah, that's a good question. Better to be used. From? Yeah. What's the story of that garbage? I want to know the full story. Yeah, I'd be. I'd like. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'd be curious to see how many people 
saw that though. I mean, he did like a full art installation at like the Kimberly public library and, um, well, and he's doing so many cool things for the art community. He's trying to form an artist co-op now and find some work space, Mm -hmm. shareable workspace, which is so needed right now. So he's a mover and a shaker, you know, young millennial, which is so awesome. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people like him and you give me a lot of hope and it, I mean, again, you see that these young people that are leading initiatives like that. That's mm-hmm. a really healthy sign. Definitely. That this, you know, young man feels supported by this community and has, you know, then the audacity, the courage, the excitement to actually move forward with his ideas and make them happen. And we want to help him achieve those goals because they matter. That's awesome. Yeah. It's funny because uh, um, I met Tyler through serendipity. Actually, we did a little video with a uh, cryotherapy place in town. And we gave away a free one for a live video, and he just happened to be the one who who won. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but it's funny because I've talked to him about this stuff, and he like he says he doesn't want to be in the public eye, but he <laughs> keeps finding his way back well, into he, it. So. He does need, like we talk about, artists need that quiet time to create and be introspective because he's very philosophical. He's a really deep thinker. For sure. And he pushes the edge, which is really good because we can be so conservative here. And in fact, we were actually trying to. Um, work together and I was trying to help him find a space to do a pop-up art show and mm-hmm. you know it became an issue because you know it went a little to the dark side a little, little too edgy worrying about mm-hmm. what people would think and <laughs> you know customers in the public space and so it you know sometimes you have to you know it, the balance between pleasing people um and getting something for free or getting a sponsor or saying you know what I have something important to say here and if it means I have to find a, an old basement or a garage or some mm-hmm. obscure place uh off the beaten path I'd rather say what I have to say because it's more important than getting paid or, you know, that happens all the time with artists, you know? Definitely. Um, so it's that balance because you want to still feed yourself. You still have a roof overhead and you still want to make a statement and express something that needs to be said. Definitely. You know, it's, it's always a fine line. Yeah. You know, what's interesting um, about that fine line and like pushing the envelope. I'm starting to think like there is pushback, but it seems like there's only pushback when like, if someone in power decides there's pushback and you don't get a lot of that around here, you know what I mean? So like, even though we're super conservative and like, I have an example. So, um, we, we threw my birthday's April 20th. So it's four twenty. So we threw a, a happy four, birthday. Yeah, that was recent. You, yeah. Very recent, <laughs> uh, week and two days ago. Yeah. Um, we threw a four twenty pop-up party and I was like, it, it was with a guy that I've done business with. He started a CBD business. He reached out to me, Trifecta Green, and I was like, yeah, let's let's have some fun. And um, I actually paired up with um, Ross Grizzly, which is a refuge artist that Corey, oh, yeah. Corey yep. introduced me yep. to. Awesome. Um, it worked out perfectly, but I stressed out so much. I'm like, I don't want people to judge me for throwing a 420 party. It's my birthday. Like, I'm like I'm not going to be smoking at this event. Like, I'm throwing a party. Oh, you right, know what I right. mean? You're right, right. Um, because CBD is such a new thing, and everyone's jumping on the bad way again. But for sure. it's still, like, an unknown territory for exactly. <laughs> but But those same thoughts that, that Tyler had, because he had yeah. talked to me about that, too. Like, it was, like, a riskier, bizarre after dark, but smaller, right? Right. That's what he was trying to do. Yeah. Um, I get the fear, but also, like, in less, like the post crescent or something was like, this is not right, which I don't think they would do that. I don't think they would do That's that. That's the only way people would like gripe about it. I think, you know, yeah, well, you know, and this is the wisdom I can maybe impart is, you know, but, you know, the more you think about what other people might think of you, it's just always going to hold you back. It's, you know, if you believe in something and there's value and your, your gut, your passion, your heart is telling you, you know, and as long again, you're making the world better by what you're doing and, 
you just got to run with it sometimes and not worry about that. Because if we worry about everyone judging us, because there's always going to be people that don't like you, that are going to have something negative to say or think your ideas are crazy or whatever. And you just have to tune all that noise out of your head, you know, Mm -hmm. and just know that. And sometimes if you have people that don't like you, maybe that means you're standing for something that matters. You know, that's like sometimes a good way to think of it. Definitely. Don't get too crazy with that well, idea, though. Yeah, but <laughs> Maybe I mean, it's not good, but you're but, right. You know, and honestly, too, sometimes I like, you know, we all make mistakes and go, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. But that's mm-hmm. how we learn. We should not be afraid of making mistakes or going divergent paths in our lives. That's how we learn things. That's how we become wiser. That's how we grow compassion and wisdom because we're dealing with people and experiences and disappointments. I mean, that's how inventions come to life, right? Nobody ever gets it right the first time. But persistence is really the key, right? Mm -hmm. Sticking with your passions, following your heart, just being a good person, kindness, compassion, you know, and and just do your best. And if you make a mistake, apologize and move on, right? Mm -hmm. Life is short. Absolutely. I think uh, persistence is like, Persistence beats talent. It does. Studies have all shown. All the time. There's a lot of smart people. There's a lot of beautiful people. There's a lot of talented people. There's a lot of creative people. Right. But there aren't a lot of persistent people. So true. <laughs> it's crazy that like, right. that's the key is like pushing past that. Yeah. A lot of times persistence, what stops people from it, I think is self-doubt. Yeah. And self-loathing and it just, yeah, it's weird. And I think I think sometimes social media can feed into that too. And you feel like you're exposed and everyone's comparing themselves with others. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you just got to go enough with that. You know, like Mm -hmm. I honestly, I don't even watch that much TV anymore. I kind of stopped. I don't read fashion magazines because as a a woman, I don't want to worry about every flaw I have and be told that I need to buy something or get some kind of surgery to make myself be acceptable. I just think you're, because you're feeding your brain garbage, Mm -hmm. you know, and so what I read and I feel like it's a sacred thing that I'm feeding into myself. Like I want to read That's good awesome. books and I want to be, you know, and certainly I can't avoid social media because of my, my work, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I, but I try to like add things into my feed, for example, that feed my soul, like art and humor and philosophy and science and mm-hmm. articles that'll make me think and be a, you know, a critical thinker and curious about the world. I purposely curate my own feeds. That's amazing. You know, for that reason. I think everyone should do that. And my son even said, I'm starting to add art stuff to my thing. I'm like, oh, I can recommend. Or this, like, Lunig, you know, like a cartoonist who's, like, so philosophical. Like, Mm -hmm. such a perfect, like, artist for our our era, you know. Those are things that we can do to, to, you know, or even put, people put sticky notes, like, to say, like, you're awesome to to yourself. I don't do that. I've thought of it. But people say it can be really effective, you know. Mm -hmm. Whatever it takes to feed yourself good stuff rather than the negative do it like it makes a difference absolutely i wholeheartedly believe in the the classic adage of the five people you surround yourself with yes that they you end up being some uh percentage of of who they are and the the amazing thing about the internet and about this technology is now those five people can be four pod they can be five podcasts right like if you need if (laughs) if your surroundings are so bad like yeah. turn to someone that resonates with you. You know what I mean? Well, right. I mean, you know, we can't pick our family and things like that. Exactly. And, but you know, there's toxic people everywhere and a lot of hurting people too. And it's mm-hmm. hard sometimes. You don't want to shut people out of your life or not hear other voices and to become too insular or that kind of thing. But at the same time, like you said, you, you, you are what you eat. You are who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. And so you have to love yourself enough to choose those positive you know, people that uplift you and that are loving and reciprocal, you know, respectful relationship. And then try to be compassionate and kind to maybe those people that maybe rub you the wrong way. But 
can be like, I love you from the distance. Mm. I care about you. I have compassion, but I also don't want you to pull me down. And For to sure. the degree that it becomes a toxic, like negative health kind of thing. It's, it's tough. And we all struggle with that. Definitely. Yeah. I've been like, I've been looking at that like hard, like how, cause that's like so hard for, for me, for everybody is like that, that cutting or distancing can be the hardest part. You know what I mean? If it's, if yeah. it's friends, if it's family, yeah, it's, it's if hard. it's a coworker, if it's a boss, if it's a employee, like it can be anything, you know what I mean? But just, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's something that people should really look into. And that's something I've been looking into a lot. I mean, it's a practice and you know, there's, it's interesting too, because our lives are, we evolve and there's ebb and flow with friendships and people in and out of our lives. And you know, there's people that I hung out with when my kids were in activities and you know, and then people move on, they move into different neighborhoods or they're once your kids, you don't have shared activities. It's like you don't have these built in social constructs. And sometimes you're like, Oh my gosh, like I have to like work hard on <laughs> creating new friends or, or like working entrepreneurs. Right. I don't work in an office environment anymore. So I don't have a built in social system with coworkers. Right. Like I literally have to make an effort to like go out in the world and maybe meet someone for lunch or at a coffee shop. And it's so easy to just be like, I'm just going to stay home in my pajamas today and not take a shower and, mm -hmm. you know, and just become more and more cocoonish ish. And definitely. And then I'm like, why am I unhappy? Oh, that's right. I'm an extrovert and I'm not around people. That's I, not good. Yeah. <laughs> I've been asking a lot of like almost everyone on the show, if they have a morning routine, do you have one? Well, copious amounts of coffee for sure <laughs> with my, with my pajamas on as long as I can wear them. And then I usually will take my dog for a nice walk in mm -hmm. the morning and I always have music on all the time mm -hmm. um, when I work at home. And yeah, so that's kind of my morning routine. I'm not a super early morning person as far as I don't like to schedule early morning meetings mm -hmm. because I like to just sort of chill and I read through my emails and maybe nice. read some interesting articles that I make your bed every day. Nice. How about you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's crucial. It is. Like, yeah. Sense of order. Yeah. I have chaos everywhere else, but for some reason that bed has to be made. Mm -hmm. Did not make my bed for the first 24 <laughs> years of my life. Like almost never, uh -huh. literally almost never. And, and started, magically. yes. Well, huh. you know, I, I guess maybe I heard it enough times or whatever. And I tried yeah. it noticeable improvement in venture, Wisconsin, noticeable wow. improvement in my work, in my organization. Like, everything wow. changed well if everything else is falling apart and in total chaos at least you can crawl in bed at night and go ah, mm -hmm. look at this my bed is so perfectly smooth and right it just feels like that one thing mm -hmm. is at least a sense of comfort and and honestly your bed should be a sanctuary right i i suggest people want to sleep working in your bed don't have a tv in your no room computer. don't yep. that be on your phone you know close to bedtime it's hard mm -hmm. you know i try to not do it i do the phone but yeah but have Not it be your sanctuary. And I think part of it's having it made. Have nice linens. I like linen spray, like a little. Sure. A little. Just make it. Nice. Make it aroma. important. Like yeah. a, like a ritual. It's a treat for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Little sacrament. <laughs> exactly. But I, that's funny though about messes. I did read though that people with messy desks, you know, it's actually a good thing for creative people. And it's, you know, if you've got everything just like perfectly in order, you aren't going to see the the weird juxtaposition of divergent objects and things which can have your mind creatively like a business card on top of uh right of like a yeah a microphone and you're like oh like it kind of yeah. makes and some bit so much of it is subconscious yeah. but it's kind of like why you should take a different route to work every day or because the your brain is going to process things in a creative Definitely. manner when you're sleeping when you're in the shower and a lot of it becomes you know, fed by the environment that you create for yourself. So a little chaos, a little disorder is actually a good thing if you're creative, by the way. So mm -hmm. that's a great thing for just to let that go. Like 
hey, my desk is messy. It needs to be. Just don't look at it. <laughs> right. I heard uh, you're familiar with Jamie Foxx, yeah. obviously. So um, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast and he was talking about how he's got one room in his house that's just completely, it's not even finished. Like oh. like drywall, like open oh. drywall, just like one room it's in like his house. It's like an art installation, really. Yeah. A live art <laughs> yeah. installation. But he's like, <laughs> I, he's like, I need that chaos. Like I just right. need, I need one thing to just not be finished. Like, Or does he just want to get in there and rage with the mail and just knock the walls <laughs> down and then just start over again? Who knows? Wouldn't, I that mean, be, wouldn't that be cathartic? Probably. Just take Definitely. one. Of, what are those big things called? The big hammers, not a sledgehammer. Sledge, sledgehammer, yeah. A bit, that would just feel so good. Like <laughs> just the release. For sure. Angst. I mean, you never. I mean, <laughs> Jamie Fox is insanely productive, creatively, and insanely successful. I'm, maybe he's got some. It makes Cathartic sense. need to. You know. To release that way. You make me think of something too. I went to a really cool little art show in Nina. Uh, that my friend Shay Korea helped produce with an artist. I can't remember the artist's name. I feel bad, but you you got to break dishes. Like we put headgear on. And you could like it was old dishes, and we got to whip them on the ground. And she used the broken pieces to make stuff out. It was okay. really fun. That was just Very like cool. a year or two ago. I really liked that. And also, have you tried Float Light? Have you floated yet? John's scheduled for next week. So John oh. is the owner of Float Light. He's he's scheduled to come on the show next week. I, yeah, they're artists by the way. Did you know that? his wife uh, yeah jesse for sure yeah. john in the digital well, mostly, medium mostly she is correct right right i so recognize john, digital artists you know i thought yeah. people don't but you know john tells me every time i'm in there he's, he's like amazing. he's like you're an artist and i'm like thanks john he loves but, artists like he they were giving like new members discounts or like they're trading poems or write-ups for some floats when they first moved in yep i love what they're doing and it, it's it, there's all kinds of studies and books about right creativity that can be inspired when you're in that floating state with all the salts and you just i came up with an event yeah. idea oh. floating to go on the floating light live uh <gasps> show that they do um it. it was a pop-up scavenger hunt that i actually went through with i actually ended <laughs> up doing it i love that you followed through on that <laughs> yeah, idea for awesome. sure it was like how can i like how can i get people to see this you know what i mean right. and i just like step by step kind of worked through like well i have a connection here at, you know if i yeah it it worked it was pretty it was fun it wasn't um, it wasn't like the whole region was like a buzz about it, but there was like, uh, 15 to 20 people participating. And I did it in Oshkosh, Appleton and Green Bay cool. at the same time, which was, well, that uh, just, that just much. feeds 15 people and then their friends and they tell, it just goes, Oh, back. for sure. I mean, and sometimes too, cool. if you start with a smaller group, you can, it's a little more engaging anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with somebody's like self-critical, Oh, well, not enough people showed up or, <laughs> no. but then it, instead of we, what we really should say is, okay, what kind of meaningful engagement came out of Definitely. those people? Because even if you have a hundred people, you may not make one or two or three meaningful connections. Whereas a smaller group, you can sometimes make those that are a little more sustainable and lasting. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Just so more you, of an impact. Yeah, at the build, end of the day, you build and start from the, yeah, a smaller base. Yeah. At the end of the day, you shouldn't be, I mean, you shouldn't be out for the numbers or for the money. If, I mean, everyone wants that mostly, you know, there's Gandhi's out there, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> well, you got to eat you got to you know, have shelter. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Those kind of things matter. Um, but it, at the end of the day, if you want to do it sustainably, you should be doing it for the impact. Cause that's gonna like, that's, what's going to keep you going. You know what I mean? Well, it's like you talked about too. It's, it's building relationships, you know, good salespeople don't start, you know, by they don't get big numbers right off the bat. It's building those relationships slowly, building that network, building trust, right. That you're mm-hmm. going to solve someone's problem and, 
you know and so i think what you're doing with your work is like you're doing it from like this grassroots level and you're building those relationships and experiences that people can approach and get excited about and you're also you know um you know, building a sense of pride for this community and all the beautiful resources we have in terms of nature and each other. Definitely. And you're, you're, you're celebrating with everyone through your storytelling mm-hmm. and through your conversations with, with myself and others. It's like such a gift. So thank you for yeah, what you're thank, doing. It's really Thanks beautiful. for the kind words. I mean, it's not like, I'm just telling the awesome stories that are out there. I'm like, my job is to get people who are uh, like nervous about getting in front of the camera to get in front of the camera. And and thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Um, what I found to be very interesting about the Venture Wisconsin journey is like a lot of these small business owners feel, they feel like passed over. You know what I mean? They feel not that, not that people don't care about them. I think tons of people care about them, but people don't, people don't care about them in like, like a, a deep way. It seems like it's just like, we want you to stay here so that we have this number of of local businesses here. You know what I mean? Something like that. But that's something I've, I've found is, uh, it's just like, it's just cool to connect with the community. Like you said, on such a grassroots level, I feel, uh, I don't know. Well, you know, I think a lot of feel undercover, the younger from what, at least what I'm seeing, like the entrepreneurs that are here, whether they're restaurant owners or, you know, coffee shops or, what have you. Um, I think they're doing a really cool job of just sort of mixing up, you know, the experiences like let's just say wildflower, you know, um, the bar and kitchen. They were the, they, they actually just rebranded to get rid of the pizzeria name, but they oh. still have the wood fired pizzas, but there are a lot of artists that work there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like a community, um, creative environment. And they also have connection to, you know, organically produced, you know, farm to, to plate kind of movement. And, you know, when the, um, author's kitchen burned down like a lot of those people came together in community and are working together there you know and just kind of again it's a sense of community with a lot of creative people and musicians come and perform there they have original art on the walls and you know tempest also you got tyler and others that are bringing art shows there Mm -hmm. you know um into that coffee shop and it's so it's become like a meeting space it's become a collaborative space for creative expression and then you have you know the live music stuff that's going to be happening there on river heath so it's really creating these experiences that are walkable, approachable to the downtown. Um, you know, everyone feels welcome, and it, it appeals to everyone from the young people to the retirees that are living in the condos there, and people that live longtime residents that live in the neighborhoods nearby. Mm-hmm. And it really just does so much good for the community. Um, so I'm just, I just, you know, have such great gratitude for the people that are doing that. And and so I do see like a lot of loyalty to people wanting to support those businesses. And these people I know are like, hey, I. I know I could get, you know, pay less for my cup of coffee or my, my sandwich somewhere else, but it's so beautifully done and craft crafted there. And I I know the people that work there and I want to support them and I will go there because they, I want them to be here. So I hope that they start to see that that shows up in their bottom line that they, you know, their business can grow and sustain itself through people that support them because it does matter. It really does. You know? Yeah. It's amazing that we're able to support so many local businesses around here. It seems it seems yeah. unlike most places. And I think yeah. my theory is, is that it's two things. It's the community, number one, and then it's the, the cost of living. But whatever it is, it's it's awesome. Well, millennials are, you know, the trend is they're issuing, you know, the big chains and they want those locally owned businesses. And maybe that's part of some of the movement, the marketing that's come through 
groups like Appleton downtown or like Green Bay downtown, you know, where shop local, support local business, you know, and they'll have special shopping or, you know, you know, soup walks and dessert walks and things like that to get people, you know, going to those local businesses that typically are in the downtown or some little, little community, little areas. So, but it's, it's a definitely like a placemaking movement, you know, Mm -hmm. where you you have to get people excited about these businesses and remind them that they're there and create an event or an experience to have them come out and experience it. Definitely. Um, But like you said, if you like the West side businesses coming together collaboratively, we're kind of full circling back to that, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a really smart way to go. Let's create something that's collaborative that people have a night out. They can come and experience the side of town and. You know, I know there's going to be a West End sideshow of performers coming up through the art on the towns here in Appleton, mm-hmm. which I was asked to help uh, push the word out about. So we'll see more street performers, spoken word. It's going to be with Floatlights right next door there, too. So they're right around the corner, like you mentioned, from Fl- McFlushman's and yep. Appleton Beer Factory. Oh, that's a cool. So it's a west, it's going to draw more people to the West End of Appleton. And that's going to be for the art walks happening every Friday night starting mm-hmm. in May. So, again, that was an area that people were weren't kind of migrating that far down they were kind of stopping once they got like to the mid part of the downtown and it was hard to get people to go west you know so kind of the west end now is creating its own little vibe but kind of a hip little cultural like thing which is which is what you have to do it's like branding that area as its own little experiential part of the downtown you know definitely like you were saying about adis and um yeah downtown green bays and the more farm markets, things like that. Nua's Venture Wisconsin's yep. all like the more people that can push these, you know, push out the messages that it's gonna be there and I'm gonna be there. That's yeah. you know if you love it, support the it. The better, yeah. And tell your friends about it and make a lot of these things are bring your family, bring your friends, you know, bizarre after dark too. It's all it's all ages, everyone's welcome. That's the beautiful spirit. And then you get people to go to maybe uh, like a part of their community they just haven't been to well or forgot was there mm-hmm. and it's like you get a fresh like introduction to your community and then see it in a different light yeah and That's then you remember all oh, these are my friends and neighbors that live here and work here and oh my gosh i forgot how cool this little neighborhood was or oh i didn't know this restaurant was here and oh this little flower shop is so awesome and oh they're making homemade cupcakes and didn't you just interview the um that little what was that bakery that you just interviewed oh um, we just did we just did six donuts are you thinking of a different one? We well, just did. We just did six of the best donuts. We did a oh. bunch. A bun- so we did six different places. Yeah. So you're talking about the baked goods. Well, right. We see cupcake shops. We see all these beautiful. There's like Happy Bellies. Happy, or, right. Yeah. So yeah. So all these are artisans in the kitchens creating all this beautiful food and from the heart. And so certainly much better than going to grocery stores. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like That's why I packaged like packaged product from the big food giants. Right. That's why. <laughs> Um, what you said about being reminded like, oh yeah, I forgot this park was here. I forgot this restaurant was good. I forget, you know, I actually, I really enjoy doing old, old restaurants. Like the supper clubs? Supper clubs. Well, that's, that's a great example. It's a Wisco tradition. So that's for sure. It's own separate category. Yeah. <laughs> I love doing those videos because so many people have memories attached to it. And so many people haven't been there so long that I feel like. Right sometimes like the videos we do for them i feel like are more valuable because they have because for businesses local local businesses it's getting people through the doors their their problem their the hardest part but it's like those places have legacy like people have been through the door when they were four five six seven eight it's like they just need to be shown how great that place was and it's it's cool to be a part of like seeing those comments like it's intrinsic to our culture you know and for sure and it's funny because even little pieces of the Wisconsin culture have kind of taken off in big cities, you know, like 
bratwurst sliders at the the Met and mm-hmm. and just you know, even just in music, you know, you see the beards and the flannel shirts and all that kind of stuff, which kind of seem to come and go as far as being stuck. It's kind of like our traditional uniform here, right? This is just like that kind of cozy cabiny kind of you know, let your hair down kind of feel. So it's a, it's a feeling, it's a culture, it's a vibe, you know. Definitely. And uh, yeah. the supper clubs reflect that. So, I mean, what a great tradition. And there's films about that. So there's the art to actually thinking and, and celebrating that through mm-hmm. the art of film. Things like that. Sometimes the art needs to provide the context in order f- for something to, I don't know, build the brand or like to build the memory, the memory of it. Like you were saying, um, at the very beginning, you were saying that art, um, expresses like the feeling of the times and also provides a vehicle to be remembered. Yeah. It tells a story of who we are yeah. long after we're gone. And you know, you know, the cave drawings, for example, or literally when you said that, you know, that's where my mind went, like the cave, like in Pottery, France or whatever, archeological digs. I mean, mm-hmm. s- sorry, I don't think anyone's going to know that, that, you know, Susie was on her smartphone doing X, Y, Z, but they might know that she created that plate that got <laughs> discovered thousands of years later. What was she doing? What was she eating? What was going on? Right. Um, so, you know, and also it, you know, it also can be a threat in some ways. Like can challenge the status quo and like libraries being burned and, you know, artists being arrested as criminals. And it can be very, um, you know, a challenge to the times when sometimes you need to have a voice, you know, that way too. So it's, it tells stories that also, um, alters the course of history definitely Um, it's just yeah there's so much there so much depth you know yeah sometimes when you say alters the course of history i feel like yeah it's just it's communication in a in hopefully a way that can be grasped easier you know what i mean so like one yeah it's primal yeah right so like so maybe when a comedian tells a joke in a certain way and it's one of those jokes that everyone knows but doesn't like has never verbalized you know what i mean then it becomes that becomes normal normalized or part of culture or and like that's how that's how it gets stretched and and pulled you know and it's interesting different cultures process and deliver humor in different ways too i remember taking a, a class in college about native american humor really it's really not at all what I expected. And I just remember it opened my mind to go, you know, when you lose languages, for example, you lose so much of the storytelling of an actual culture, a group of people. And so when I learned about how the intricacies of their humor, that I thought that doesn't really seem funny to me because I, I really had to get my brain around it. And it was like, but it wasn't me about necessarily finding it funny. It was more about me getting the aha of, okay, you know, the language and humor and all of these things are so much bigger than we think they are as far as how we communicate, how we express it just that goes, kind of thing, how we it, cope with life. Right. You know, goes to show how powerful culture is too. Right. So if you lose, right. So arts and culture all goes together. And when you lose that and you don't value it, and it's, it's such a shame. And when I see that schools are losing funding for arts programs, when I see that schools are cutting out libraries, you know, it just pains me because, you know, not every kid wants to necessarily go and to do technical stuff or be on computers all day long and it, they need to have creative expression and not every kid can express what they're saying you know through a logarithm or something you know sure. so yeah we got to really be cognizant of how important it is for the youth to have that opportunity you know as those gray matter in their brains are forming and shaping that's the critical time when they're young to get that in, into their world definitely i think culture 
um and this is not my original idea like i've heard this from like other sources i don't i don't exactly know where the idea originates from it might be like a like a Jungian thing or something but i think culture is like um like it draws from the imagination like it it manifests from the imagination and uh literally the metaphor can be said as like write your way out of the problem you know what i mean so like um like you were saying about the the art programs being um cut in a lot of places and that's and funding there's so much the funding is dwindling right. for all kinds of art stuff it's really hard that's something that we i feel like narratively we've been hearing about that for since i was a child at least i mean i'm only 25 i, I only know 25 yeah well i mean other than you know you learn history and stuff but um the point is is that i'm optimistic that we are going to be able to draw our way out of a problem or write our way, you know, yeah. like, like, did you hear what happened to Stevens point university, how they, they got national, maybe even international attention because they were going to drop a bunch of their humanities classes and really be more almost like a feeder school for tech. Cause obviously there's, there's actual real tangible jobs and companies are looking for those more technical workers and yep. STEM, you know, without the Steve that matters, but there was such a public uproar with that, that people were just like, no, you can't do that. The humanities teach us how to think, how to be, how to question, you know, mm-hmm. all those things. And they're, they're elemental to education and what it, you know, to be in a university system, the Wisconsin idea, you know, got brought up. And, and so there was such an outcry. And, and so they actually went back to the drawing board and they put, they, they brought some of these humanities um, disciplines back into their curriculum and they had their funding is a challenge for them as well so they had to find ways to creatively kind of restructure how they present their courses and but they they did like they literally responded to the community saying no you know we don't want this like this Mm -hmm. isn't a tech school this is a university this we want this to be here so that wasn't really encouraging I mean again this was nationwide attention like you can google it like a lot of interesting stories about it you know, and my son, my youngest son is actually transferring there. He's going into um, wow. environmental conservation science. And that's the They're number one school that. in the state for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, when I f- first heard him talking about that, I'm like, oh, no. Like, because I'm a liberal arts major. You know, I have an yeah. American studies degree. And I was like, oh, no, I, I just want him to have the access to the humanities, too, and en- enrich his his course World, load. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so the electives are not going away. There's still that opportunity. But what a great place for the environment to, to pursue that. And Definitely. Yeah. That's amazing yeah. that your son's doing that. And I'm that's, really proud of him, yeah. that's amazing too that, like you said, they drew their way out of it or they wrote their way out of it, you know, yeah. whatever metaphor you want to use. That's, that's what I'm optimistic about. Like even, you know, even if the economy tanks or even if like, I really think as long as, as long as there is community, there's a way out, you know, we just need to be able to collaborate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Together. Yeah. Yeah, because as, as long as the relationships are intact, yeah. we, you're going to see to it that you, we fight at least. I mean, we have, you know? right, We ha- you know, human resources are, you know, we forget, like we are so creative and we have so much potential. We're, we're naturally innovative. And while we are aggressive and we can be mean, we can be mean, that's part of our nature. We're also very good and we, we, we are altruistic and survival relies on us being social creatures and working with one another. So we can use our reasoning to, to, kind of push down the aggression and even though it's there it's part of us mm-hmm. um but we have the ability to rise above that and th- i hope we put our, our hearts and minds to that and we can use these tools to connect and communicate whether it be art nature pl- unplugging and just looking at the cultural um, gifts that we have in each other 
I mean, we could do anything. Absolutely. I think that's a brilliant way to end. Um, how, so newaa.org is how they can, how they can yep. connect with. We with say artists. NUA a little easier, but it is, it's, it's www.nua.org. And there's two A's. Yep. Northeast Wisconsin Arts Association. Awesome. So, and they can always go to your website and you'll probably yep. put that. And actually we are both partners with one another. So we have each other's website yep. links to, and logos on our pages, which is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a happy. visible presence, a visible announcement mm-hmm. that we are working together, which I think is a powerful thing. Absolutely. We're yeah. happy to be working together. Yeah, you can go to awesome. Venture. You too, Gene. Thank you. You <laughs> can go to VentureWisconsin.com. Um, they're under our community, currently our only community partner, which we're working on that as well. Um, new, new website in the work for you, right? Yep. Yeah, that's the goal um, within the next probably two months, I would say. So, yeah. Thank you guys so much for watching. Gene Dechen. 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 That's okay. Gino. De- Gino. <laughs> Dechen. That perfect. You got okay. It. Awesome. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you in. for watching. <laughs> it's fun. Yo, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Gene. If you enjoy the podcast, let us know. If you have any questions, let us know. We really are trying to create something exciting. For Northeast Wisconsin, we're trying to bring unique, fresh voices that are involved in the community to the forefront in order to increase the arts, increase the culture, and really get Northeast Wisconsin exciting, get it hot. So thank you and make the most of your day.